Hello and welcome to the All or Something Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Kepler, and I'm a recovering perfectionist who made the choice to swap rigidity and impossibly high standards for joy, ease, and flow. Now I'm on a mission to boldly build an impactful, insanely successful business and to help other women do the same. So if you're ready to up-level and step into the next version of yourself, then join me as we commit to imperfectly designing the business and life of our dreams. Welcome, welcome to episode 93 of the All or Something Living Podcast, where I am going to share with you five ridiculously simple ways that you can supercharge your health and your happiness as a boss babe. And before we dive in, I would just like to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my online course, Vibrancy On Demand. I firmly believe that how you show up in one area of your life is how you show up in all areas. And I've talked about that a lot on this podcast. And that's why I feel it's very important for you to master your mindset, energy levels, and moods. So do you ever feel like or notice that you're showing up inconsistently in your business or for other commitments because maybe you are feeling too tired or you're in a bad mood sometimes, not feeling like it, you don't feel like you can put out the quality of work that you'd like to because of all those reasons so you just don't show up at all? Those are some feelings that I dealt with and that held me back personally for a long time, not just in business, but also in life. So I would skip workouts, self-care and other things like that, because I was always on this roller coaster of feeling good one day and feeling like I could be productive and then not feeling so great the next day and just the toll that that took on my mental health and my confidence in myself was rough. So in my online course, Vibrancy on Demand, I teach you how to use your mindset to support you in moving closer to your dreams every single day. I walk you through how you can use different tools to get going when you don't feel like you have the energy or the want to. And then I show you how to set up systems and routines that maximize your joy, fulfillment, and productivity and allow your days to flow with ease. So we hear about the hustle that it takes to build a successful business, but I've personally chosen to intentionally build a business and life that energizes and supports me instead of leaving me feeling burnt out. Even in the early years as an entrepreneur, I chose to not go down that path of maybe right now I just have to work really hard and hustle until I build the business and then I can work on it. These are habits you want to implement right away because they're going to carry you into the further stages of your business and life. So Vibrancy on Demand is all about designing a life and business that feels good. So it's about much more than creating external success, which we all know doesn't necessarily mean much if you don't feel good on the inside or you can't be present to enjoy the abundance of it all. So to join the waitlist for Vibrancy on Demand, launching October 19th, um, officially DM me at Lauren M. Kepler, or just go to laurenkepler.com and opt in for my free audio training on how to build the business and life of your dreams. And once you sign up for that, you'll automatically get updates on the course. So as I said, official release date is October 19th, and I can't wait to have you in there if that's something that you feel aligned to this message and that you are ready to step into the next level of your life. So in this episode, I'm sharing with you some of the techniques and mindset shifts that I use in Vibrancy on Demand. 
So as you go through, just keep in mind that these will seem, as the title says, ridiculously simple. Even to the point where you might sometimes be like, really, Lauren? But hear me out here. Your habits matter. And you're always hearing coaches sharing big promises like lose 50 pounds in 90 days or 30 days to 10K. And while the quick fix approach might lead you to some short-term success, if you truly want to create long-term sustainable success, you have to change your habits and the way that you are living on a daily basis. You have to make the commitment to change yourself from the inside out, and you have to become a different version of yourself than you are now, as in a more a more present, up-leveled, intentional, whoever you decide that you need to be in order to get where you want to go. So of course, you're still going to be you. Don't worry about that. I'm not asking you to change who you are, but you will be, as I said, a more intentional, centered, present version of yourself, which is what we all want, right? We just, we want to feel good. That's kind of the bottom line. We want to feel good. We want to feel loved. We want to be fulfilled. So I encourage you to keep your mind open as I go through these five ways that you can use to feel more joy and energy in your life and business. They may seem small, but remember, your life is created by your habits. So what habits will you choose to take on? All right, so number one. So a few years ago, I believed that the epitome of health was achieved through having a perfect body, through losing weight at times for me. Um, Then it turned into lifting weights and and bodybuilding. And I started to think that if I became thin and fit, then I would magically become happier, more confident and live my dream life. I thought that that body would just like get me to that destination without realizing that yeah, maybe my body would change, but I was still, I would still be the same person internally. You don't change your outer appearance and you're magically a different person on the inside. So instead, what had happened when I chased this idea of a perfect body is that I developed a warped relationship to food, to exercise and my body. And I often just felt like shit. I was cranky and tired all the time. I felt more insecure than I ever had in my life because I was worrying so much and placing so much value on what I looked like on the outside. And I just never felt like I was good enough. So it wasn't until I changed my mindset and shifted the way that I cared for myself that I started to see a massive change in my energy levels an improvement in my confidence, my relationships just transformed and just so much more. So what I'm really saying here is that I gave up my quest for perfectionism and I embraced imperfectionism. And here's one of the many ways that I was able to successfully make that shift. I developed a deep level of self-compassion. So I have a question for you. How many times have you started a new habit, workout routine, or something like that that you didn't follow through with? How does it make you feel every time that you fail to follow through with that? Does it make you feel like a failure? Do you beat yourself up for it? Do you tell yourself this is why I can't lose the weight or get the job or have the healthy relationship or whatever it is. So when it comes to self-compassion, I just want you to remember one thing. You can always choose again. Every single moment is a chance for you to choose again and make a new choice that serves you. So even if you haven't made the most supportive choices in the past, you can start over right now. 
you can always, 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 always choose again. That's one of the foundational things that you need to know. And by the way, if you need some more support in building your self-compassion, be sure to sign up for my free 10-day self-love challenge. And I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. It's a course that walks you through 10 short audio trainings on how you can improve your self-compassion, your relationships, how you can learn to set boundaries, and much more. It's definitely one of my most popular freebies, but keep in mind it was made a little earlier on in my journey, Um, so maybe there might be things that have changed, beliefs that I have that have changed, or things that you will hear on the podcast that might not fully... um, align with what was said there because I'm always changing and evolving just like I'm asking you to that's you know kind of the point sometimes is it feels like we we want to be growing we want to be moving forward because if we're not growing we are dying so next thing let's talk about learning how to so this is number two that was number one is having practicing self-compassion and understanding that you can always choose again so number two let's talk about learning to manage your stress levels so you, the, the term stress itself is a pretty broad term since different things or different events impact people in so many different ways. So for this purpose here, you can think of stress of any, as anything that drains you or leaves you feeling anxious. That gives you kind of like a body response. So if you're feeling stressed or drained all the time, you're not obviously not going to be able to show up fully and presently. All you'll be able to focus on is how crappy you feel and how much you want to escape your body because of that through alcohol, um, food, whatever your crutch is. So here's a simple exercise that's going to allow you to check in with your body, recognize how you're feeling, and then assess how you can best support yourself based on what you discover. And this is called the what do I need exercise. So let's try it together right now. I want you to just start by closing your eyes, unless you're driving, of course. And if you are driving, just keep your eyes open and take a few deep breaths. (sighs) Breathe it out, sigh it out, move your body if you need to. Sway a little bit, I'm swaying over here. And start to pay attention to the different parts of your body. Notice your head, your chest, your belly, your hips, your thighs, your calves, and last, your feet. So imagine you could do a deep, si- a deep dive inside of your body to assess what she needs. Now take and place one hand, of course, and if you're driving again, don't do this. Um, place one hand on your heart and one hand on your belly. And then take one more deep breath and ask yourself the question out loud or just in your head, what do I need? What do I need right now? Asking myself that question, I learned I need a drink of water. So I'm gonna pause for a second. All right, so once you've figured out what it is that you need, take action and make it happen. Like I just did, I took a sip of water. And if you have a hard time at first figuring out what it is that you need, it takes a little bit of practice. I would try your best not to filter through whatever comes up because usually if you just listen to the body, she has such wisdom that she will just come in and tell you what she needs. 
Um, so if you have a hard time with that, imagine that you were a crying baby. So when a baby is crying and you can't figure out what it needs, you experiment. So try different things um, to try and soothe yourself and see what works best. All right, so that was number two, managing your stress. And then three is taking charge of your sleep. So I don't meet a lot of people that have a hard time understanding why sleep is important or why they might need more of it. But I do talk to a lot of people that struggle to fall asleep or stay asleep or wake up in the morning feeling rested. So let's cover two potential culprits of why that might be. The first potential culprit is that you might not have found your sweet spot when it comes to how much sleep you need. So the exact amount. I'm around seven and a half hours of sleep, sometimes seven. Usually eight or longer leaves me feeling groggy and almost like still tired. And I don't know if that's because at eight hours I go back into REM sleep and then I get woken up out of that. But but that's how I figured out that I prefer around like seven and a half hours. So you might need to do some experimentation there. And the second potential culprit could be that your quality of sleep isn't up to par. So here are some habits that could be disrupting your quality of sleep. Keeping yourself stimulated up until bedtime, using screens, work, excitement, etc. So Jason, my fiance, if you don't know him or if you do know him, you might know he's really like excited all the time. And so sometimes at night he'll get like really like he'll start to get playful and like ah, and like wild and I have to be like Jason I am I need you to be calm please because I am trying to or at least leave me alone um I'm trying to like ease into bedtime this isn't the time to be wild and play and so that's how I wind myself down is um is by reminding myself like now's not the time to get all crazy and then if you have caffeine too late in the day, usually after like 12 for most people doesn't work. If you have alcohol right before bed, that could interrupt your sleep, especially around 3 a.m. is when you might wake up. That happens to me. Or a large meal too close to bedtime, so your body is trying to digest versus sleep. Um, or you go to bed hungry and that is distracting to you. And so those are some ideas. And the key to great sleep and to overcoming a lot of what I said above or before is to create a wind down routine, which I gave examples to you and I shared with you exactly how to do that a few episodes back, episode 90, when I shared with you my three by three method for creating a successful day. So at night you can do things like magnesium bath, reading before bed instead of looking at your screen, wearing blue blocker glasses, or turning down your screen brightness. You can have sex or masturbate, you can meditate, you can pray, there are just so many options. And keep in mind, this is really good. Focusing on your quality of sleep is really great, especially if maybe you're a new mom or a new parent, or you, um, are in school right now and you can't get as much sleep as you'd like to if there's any temporary reason why you can't sleep as many hours as you'd like it helps to at least get a really good quality of sleep so again this is something else that we cover in vibrancy on demand and i will help you set up your exact ideal bedtime routine in there so that's all for the third thing sleep quality of sleep and then the fourth thing Let's talk about how food influences your mood and energy levels. This isn't something that a lot of people really talk about, and it wasn't something that 
I learned about until I went through health coaching school, actually. So in the past, I was working on restricting calories. I was trying to intermittent fast. And in doing so, I was hungry often. And when I was hungry, it was really hard for me to concentrate on doing any work at all, let alone quality work. Like I was just, I was spacey. I couldn't gather my thoughts. I had brain fog. And then not to mention how hangry I was all the time. So it was not an ideal situation. And so how could I perform at my best when I wasn't nourishing myself at my best? Now, food can be a really complicated topic. I understand that. There's a lot to unpack, especially when you're looking to create healthy relationships, when you're trying to have a healthy relationship to food and also improve your eating habits, like make better choices for your body, in other words. So when I'm working on improving my eating habits, there's one thing that I always do first. I pay attention to how food impacts my moods and energy levels. So have you ever taken time to observe how you feel before, during, and after a meal? Food is meant to be energizing and life-giving. It's not supposed to weigh you down or make you feel sluggish, and if it does, it could be due to digestive issues or food choices, or maybe you have eaten more than your body is really um, enjoying right now. So it's putting a lot of energy, energy into digestion. And if that's something that happens, like don't take the phrase food is meant to be energizing and life-giving. It's not supposed to weigh you down or make you feel sluggish. Don't use that against yourself as like a tool for beating yourself up. If that's not how your eating experience is, that's just the ideal standard. And that's what I try and work towards every day is, is to use food as a tool to give me energy and to give me life. And sometimes, yeah, on the weekends, we get wings and fries and I eat so much that I feel a little weighed down or sluggish, but I'm not doing that every single day. So that's the difference. And I'm paying attention even then. Sometimes I'll even eat that way. And it's not like I choose in the beginning, like it's the weekend, let's go wild. Um, But it's more so that like I'm enjoying it so much that I end up eating more than my body is really happy with. And then I just remember, okay, next time, let me try this. Let me pre like put it on a plate already so that I don't feel the need to eat everything and I can eat whatever's on my plate. And if I'm still hungry and I decide that I want more, it gives me that moment to pause and actually consider, do I really want more instead of just being on autopilot and eating everything that's on my plate? So instead of feeling the need to police your food or to count calories all day, a shortcut to that is to tune into your body and allow her to help you decide what, when, and how much to eat. And that's one of the key factors in learning how to eat more intuitively or mindfully. So for now, I recommend that you start by just starting to observe how food makes you feel. So remember this, food is a great tool to have more energy and to be life-giving. It is not supposed to weigh you down or make you feel sluggish or the opposite. If you're on a, say, a diet or a plan and you're doing something to try and improve your quote-unquote health, but say you're feeling so hungry that you can't think straight, That's another thing to take into consideration. Is that really serving you? Is that really good for you? And remember this in the age of keto diet, your brain needs carbs to function optimally. Carbs are the first source of nourishment for your brain. It's what your brain runs off of. So please give her some carbs. All right. So last thing, 
Number five, let's talk about how you can use exercise and movement to increase your vibrancy. So what is the best workout for you? Simple answer, one that you'll actually do. So it's less about learning to optimally burn calories or to whip yourself into shape. And it's more about using exercise to connect with your body, to manage your stress, feel more confident in your skin. And of course, in the process, becoming more strong to function in everyday um, activities. Like for me, last week when I redecorated my office, I had to move around a lot of furniture. I was running up and down the stairs with big bags of um, stuff that I was throwing away and, and things like that. And in my mind, I was like, thank God I work out because that allowed me to do that, to have the energy and the strength to be able to do that. So that's another reason why I work out. The key to building a consistent workout routine is to find something that you enjoy doing and to switch it up often to keep you engaged and challenged. And also, because if you end up doing the same exact exercise every day and you're not increasing reps or increasing weight or anything like that, you're not really challenging your body and you're not really moving forward and your muscles do need some resistance. Your body needs a little bit of resistance in order to be able to adapt and to gain strength. So you want to find a happy medium between your exercise being challenging, but not painful. Painful is not good. You should be able to function for the rest of the day after a workout. Yes, sometimes you're going to wake up a little bit sore, especially if you're using muscles or working in a way that your body isn't used to, but you should still be able to walk. And the key here is to implement a regular exercise routine so that you get in the habit of moving your body often. Your body is designed to move and the more you allow your energy to flow through, the less blocked you're going to feel creativity, creatively and just overall. And as a bonus in Vibrancy on Demand, my friend Abby, who is a personal trainer and body positive gym owner, um, teaches you how you can set up a routine that works for you. Alrighty, that's it. So here's a quick recap. Remember that you can always choose again. Each moment is a new opportunity to start over. Number two, stress can really hold you back if you don't know how to manage it. So get in the habit of recognizing when you're feeling stressed and tense and make sure that you have a toolbox of coping mechanisms and self-care practices to help keep your response to stress as non-paralyzing as possible. Number three, improve the quality of your sleep. Choose one thing that you can do to wind down before bed tonight. Read, take a bath, light some candles. There are just so many options. Number four, how you eat matters. Choose foods and amounts that uplift you and energize you, but that you also enjoy eating. Number five, get in the habit of moving your body often. Circulating your energy through your body will help you with everything we discussed in today's podcast. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you loved it and you want to share the wealth, take a screenshot and tag me in your Instagram stories, letting me know your biggest takeaway. Thank you so much for being here and for being a part of our community here at the All or Something Lifestyle. I can't wait to chat with you again next week, but until then, just remember that you are enough and you are doing enough.